37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. Well, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to episode 218 of Pixelated Paranormal. And on this episode, Steven returns. Holy crap, it's been like two months. Indeed. Probably been longer than that, honestly. The prodigal son returns. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, welcome back, man. I'm not even sure how to do this with three people, but I'm excited right. to try. Thanks for holding the fort down, everybody. <laughs> I appreciate it. Did, uh, <clears throat> sometimes yeah. it's good to take some time for yourself and trying to get back to recording, so look forward to that. Other than that, Hell just yeah. been just been chilling, watching some good movies. Finally, could finally get back into watching movies, and that's good. Playing good video games and working my ass off. So stuff dreams are made of, pal. Word. Well, man, it's really, really, really good to have you back, and uh, I'm excited. Hopefully, we'll be a family again for a while. Right. Right. Cool. And also, of course, Preston, you're always here. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Thanksgivings are um, pretty much all out of the way. I had a couple. Um, Preston, you had one, yes? Yeah, I had one. Sweet action. Steve, you got one more in the chamber? Mm, unfortunately, tomorrow. Eh, what do you do, man? We'll see. Walk in there. I'm, all, I'm trying to remain positive. That's all you can do, It's buddy. a good segue into my weird story. <laughs> is it? Yeah, I mean, it is. Well, I mean, I'm not to jump, not perfect. to jump the gun or nothing, but oh no, no, you're fine. I got one quick thing to say. Uh, speaking of positive, and then you can just take the wheel, buddy. I just want to read out our latest five star rating and review on iTunes. Ooh. Great show from F U Y O two. Is that Fuyo two? I don't know, and I'm not about to start pronouncing shit right now. Love listening to this when traveling and late at night in my office with the lights off. Spooky. Hell yeah, Fuyo 2. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it. That's awesome. That's the only way to listen to Spooky. I hope that's just a random person, somebody that isn't affiliated. I mean, I don't know anybody with with that call sign. That's cool. Well, thank you. Yeah, we've got a, quite a few on here of folks that I've never met before. Um, of course, we got a really great rating from Creep It Real Podcast as well, and plenty of other folks. So thank you so much. We really appreciate that. And uh, let's keep it coming. Folks, rate us and review us on iTunes. We sure That's would awesome. love to hear from you. Oh, the other thing we did was we did the Extra Life thing. Um, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah, I haven't talked about that too much yeah. without you. but Yeah, it was cool. Holy we, shit, we man. We raised uh, how much money did we raised? Two thousand something, right? Uh, two thousand two hundred and eight dollars, yeah. I believe, is the last tally I picked up. Yeah, and Corey gave away some shirts. We gave away some uh, digital credit. It, it was yeah. it was fun. Another another year in the books. Yeah, we uh, did phenomenally. I, I'm pretty excited about that, man. I'm very proud of us. So, hell yeah. Oh, and another thing is like. My record collection is getting dope. <laughs> Just like yours is. And Preston's probably. Uh, Preston's yep. probably hasn't. Have you been getting vinyl lately? I know you got a lot going on with your land and internet and everything else. I ordered one um, special edition. Uh, uh, Les Claypool from Primus did a like special like Where? golden nugget. Golden nugget. Uh, record it was like a live concert that he did with a band and it's like uh clear vinyl that's like you know the 14 garrett uh 14 karat gold color it's like limited nice. pressing uh so they like i don't know like did like 2000 copies and i got you know one of the 2000 um awesome. so I, I i ordered i ordered that um Sean gave me uh creep show 1 nice oh yeah i did didn't i yeah, and that already goes with my creep creep show too, and uh, that's uh, that's that's been it uh, really. I got that uh, Garaja uh, album um, at the concert. Gojira, Gojira. Are you fucking kidding <laughs> me right now? Why did I come back to this? Oh, I love it. 
<laughs> yeah. Shit. Gar- Steve, Garicha. feel free to grab another two-month hiatus. I <laughs> it hasn't gotten better. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, man. Well, cool. I'm glad you went to that concert, by the way. Yeah. And uh, saw them. That's awesome. Uh, a while Wait, back, we they're, didn't they're, saw Amigo yeah, They're the French, devil. so who the fuck cares? Like, they don't pronounce anything right anyway, so, I mean, me pronouncing oh, it not right. Oh, my gosh. There goes all our <laughs> listeners in France. All right. So, yep. so, so, for my side of vinyl things, uh, me and Sean both got the Drive, uh, this new Drive special edition soundtrack for the movie Drive with Ooh, Ryan Gosling. Yeah. It's an amazing soundtrack. That opening song, it's... Night Call. Jesus, yes. this is so good. It's so, so good. And putting that on and playing that while you play Forza 5 is choice. <laughs> it's so choice. Um, also been getting, uh, picking up just, you know, random uh, records here and there. I do a lot of, like, on my Facebook, do some, uh, I just do, like, a big pile of stuff. But today, we, me and uh, my or buddy and listener Chad came over and, we were going through some of my records and I was letting him see all my stuff. And I was like, Jesus, I can't believe I have all this stuff. And, um, I got to the stuff that you gave me, Preston, like all them, uh, records like that are different colors and like indie bands and shit like that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, We started listening to some of that. Some of that stuff's pretty dope. And like, it is, they're they're like one, one out of 500. And like, there's a certificate of authenticity with it and stuff. And I was like, wow, it's pretty crazy. But some of that stuff is like really good, uh, but I did buy uh, a, a record for investment purposes. Finally, uh, the one record that I have that's worth quite a bit is, and I bought it for like twenty dollars. Is a SoundCloud band called Suicide Boys, and they had one major release for uh, their vinyl, and I bought off Amazon for like twenty bucks. Got it home, listened to it a couple times, put it on my shelf. Uh, during the pandemic, I'm going into Discogs and listing everything. I see that it jumped up to like $200, then $300. And I was like, this is crazy. <clears throat> and it's went down a little bit, but it's it'll still sell on eBay every once in a while. And the prices range from what I just listed. Uh, then on Black Friday, out of nowhere, they put on their Facebook that uh, Revolver Magazine, I guess that's still a thing. <laughs> uh, oh wow yeah uh they have they basically do like um merch now online and they have like exclusive vinyl deals and so they put out their latest album 750 limited 750 copies only 25 dollars. so like i have a feeling that's going to be worth quite a bit of money because there are people yeah, uh you could all, be right. that whole group is like all about like clout and aesthetic and like limited edition things and like they'll do like merch drops where it's only available this one limited amount and then so the resale market with it uh it, it's like it's almost like they help out their fans in a way because they know mm-hmm. that this stuff's gonna be limited and they know they're gonna pass it around sell it around help you know like you know make money off of it and shit but um i don't know it's just really cool and i'm glad that i got a copy of that because it's gonna be worth some money yeah for sure man um I picked up, like you said, the Drive soundtrack score. Um, that's an album you and I had been hovering over for, yeah. I mean, pretty much since we started collecting vinyl. I'm glad that and you started. Just to, yeah, I'm glad that we waited to get this version, not that old version. This version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So We've come cooler. so close to buying it several times. I have it, of course, digitally since the movie came out. But yeah, they just dropped a really, really badass 10th anniversary special edition that came in this clear um, neon noir. Um, colorway which is clear vinyl with pink and blue uh streaks in it which is really rad but um something i've been keeping my eye on speaking of uh vinyl and bringing things kind of you know back to the topic of the show there's a record out there called file number 733 ufo further investigation i don't know if you guys have seen this before but what it sounds like is a double lp that you would listen to on two separate turntables at the same time and it's like synth wave and ambient music on one album. And then on the other album, it is all about like firsthand accounts of UFO and alien contact. Tight. And I've seen it at two or three different record stores. I never knew what it was, so I passed over it. I downloaded it to iTunes. But iTunes kind of cuts it. Of course, like I said, it's two LPs. 
So you have one album called Further Investigation Part 1 and Further Investigation Part 2, which I believe is the music. Mm-hmm. And then the other tracks are all separate. So I need to figure out like what to do. Should I listen to like my earbuds in my ear and then put my headphones over top of that? <laughs> and listen to my phone and my, my computer right. at the same time? I don't know. But it's really rad. I'll put a, a little snapshot of that on the Instagram with this episode's uh, Yeah, I want to see what it is. I would just get on. But, yeah, I've almost bought it a couple times. I got a really good offer from a seller on eBay yeah. because I've checked it out a few times. And this guy's like, hey, if you're interested, I'll give you, you know, 25% off. But I don't know, like, if it's a thing I really need to have in my uh, collection or if it's just something I think is just kind of cool. Yeah, that's and just, that's just the final way, bro. It. That's just it. It's never going <laughs> to. But you see, man, I can't, I can't get caught by that because then I'll never stop. <laughs> Well, let's bring it back home with that. And, Stephen, why don't you kick things off? Okay. This has nothing to do with UFOs, or does it? I don't know. Um, so today something crazy happened. Um, I haven't been talking with my family that much recently because of, like, a lot of the division that I bet a lot of listeners are, are experiencing as well with their families. My dad called mm-hmm. me today, and he says, he says, uh, you know, I I gotta I I gotta admit, and I, and I wasn't kind of like paying attention on the phone, really, honestly. But uh, after I hung up, I was like, <laughs> "What the hell?" Uh, he says, "I you know yeah. I gotta I gotta say uh, uh, I gotta admit that uh, you know there's certain people that are that are that are attached to Q, which you know QAnon, uh, and mm-hmm. the people that I follow and I follow for years, you know." Um, Turns out, yeah, some of them, some of them aren't as honest as they say they are, and they're not as truthful, and they don't really know what they're talking about. And I'm like, and I'm like, what? And then I, I, I was like, oh yeah. And he goes, he goes, yeah. He's like, the main guy who started all that JFK Jr. and JFK, um, you know, being alive and down in Dallas, uh, you know, thing. Uh, that's, uh, you know, uh, I, I got, I got duped on that, and and I, I, I go. <laughs> I go, well, I mean, what made you think that? Was it either the assassination you seen on TV when you were a kid or was it <laughs> or was it the fact that uh, I don't know that people are still out there waving their waving their signs? Like I was like it's so silly. So, at least that conspiracy is no more inside. <laughs> hey, that's a win. that's really cool, man. It's a win. And we're not trying to sh- yeah, oh, for sure. And I'm not trying to shit on anybody's beliefs and stuff like that, but I mean, that's clearly well. I've always an thought to myself how I've, dangerous this stuff. Yes, can be. I've always thought to myself because, like, we, you know, we our our conspiracy of our lifetime is nine eleven. So, mm-hmm. and you know, and whether people want to believe in that stuff, want to investigate it, you know, don't give a shit about it, don't believe it. That's all. It it's mm-hmm. always been like. That's how it is with conspiracies. The moon yeah, landing, sure. JFK assassination, the fucking pyramids, like all this all this stuff, like it's always been everybody can believe in what they want and just go on with their days. But like nowadays, some of these conspiracies are leading to violence, death, paranoia, mm-hmm. like assault. Like it's cr- it's just crazy. And and when I when I when I seen that down in Dallas, people waiting for JFK and mm-hmm. JFK Jr. I, I instantly thought about that. I thought about, like, in my life, what conspiracies have I thought about and, like, you know, watched a documentary on or something like that. And, like, how did I not get so wrapped up in something like that? Like, these people are spending uh-huh. days and days and days out there. And, and then I think to myself, like, that could have been my father. And I'm glad that he now sure. sees that uh, – and that, which tells me that hopefully there's more people out there that see that, and they're realizing that. Let's get back to let's get back to reality, <laughs> not in the matrix. Yeah, I mean, you said it there. That's probably one of the biggest conspiracy theories, you know, of our lifetime, mm-hmm. or if not in you know recent history. Hell, I've got a book on my bookshelf right now that our buddy Isaac had given me when he was on a little uh, vacation or business trip. He picked up a book, and um, I haven't read it. It's pretty old. But it's on my bookshelf right now. And I mean, I don't know. It's hard for me on one hand to sit here and, you know, trash talk conspiracy theorists and stuff like that. Because that's what this show's about is just talking about weird and unusual shit. But it's it's when that stuff becomes dangerous. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. 
arts and fun and entertainment and, you know, mm-hmm. and not hateful and not uh, just a danger, man. Like I think about, you know, this, the, the conspiracy of like the Pizzagate stuff and like how that led to yeah. violence and like somebody coming into a, a building like that. And, you know, these conspiracies, man, it's it's just a weird it's weird to see that how it can be mm-hmm. be so. So on this podcast, it's a safe place. Our conspiracy, well, Preston's conspiracies. Sure. Well, <laughs> you're not going to, you're not going to have a bad time here. So. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the problem too. Most conspiracies, <laughs> if I could talk, most conspiracies that we talk about on here, I think are so far fetched. It's fun to believe in, but I mean, again, just to kind of, you know, pull the curtain back real quick and talk about how the sausage gets made. The idea of, you know, Kelly Hopkinsville goblin invasion, that's fun. I love it. I want more than anything for that to be real and for that to have happened. Do I think it happened? I think in the realm of possibility, sure. Do I know it happened? Not at all. Am I going to quit my job and lose my family over my obsession with it, trying to prove it's real? Not a fucking chance in hell. (laughs) There's a huge gap you know, between fantasy and reality, and that's right where conspiracy live. (laughs) That's right where conspiracy theories live. But again, the conspiracies, I say in air quotes that we talk about, that we grew up with, are so fucking far out of the ordinary, you would be scared shitless to walk into an office one day and be like, hey guys, uh, I really believe little pointy-eared, two-and-a-half-foot-tall goblins besieged a family of hillbillies out in Kentucky. They'd be like, okay, that's cool, Gary. Um, you need to go find a ride to the unemployment line because you're fucking nuts. We need to start a new conspiracy, like the cool ones, like play whatever vinyl backwards and you can hear Satan speak. <laughs> like, let's start that. <laughs> right. That's funny. Hey, speaking of vinyl, I just picked up uh, the score to the movie The Gate, which is all about playing a vinyl backwards and mm. summoning the devil, ripping open the earth, and having tiny goblins invade some guy's backyard. Oh, my God, I brought it all the way back around again. That's pretty good. But again, what I'm saying is, like, the shit we grew up with and that we talk about is just so far-fetched, it's fun. It's exciting. Slightly tantalizing. But it's the conspiracy theories of today of, like, oh, my God, people are ordering, you know sex working children off of a make-believe pizza menu and it goes all the way to the top to the illuminati and the lizard people presidents and all that kind of shit that shit is so scary that like it's not hard to believe people get wrapped up in it and that's when shit becomes dangerous when you make things just so fucking batshit crazy but you relate them to our presidents and the government and stuff like like the mel gibson movie conspiracy theories that's a and that's a great movie (laughs) right yeah, it is a really good movie. He fucking bites John Luke Picard's nose off. He does. I forgot. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, man. So I'm just taking guys, it as I'm a not... win, man. Yeah. In the words yeah, of Kevin Malone. Good for you. Sometimes you just need a win. Or whatever he says. I don't know what the fuck it is. <laughs> right, right. It's a really it's a really good moment in the office. Me and my yeah, girlfriend are watching definitely. the office and it's been a very good time. Especially since Shit, I'm listening yeah, to the Office Ladies podcast along with it. It's been awesome. I love that show so much. Yeah, I, I do too, man. It's just one of those fuzzy feelings. Preston, I forget. You've never watched The Office, have you? Nope. Oh, buddy. You need to curl up nice and cozy next to Jeffrey. Pull the kids in the room. Get your mom in the room. And y'all could watch that shit together. And each one of you would find something different about, <laughs> uh, yeah. that you love about it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, folks, I think to summarize what we just said, do some research. Look into things a little deeper and do a little more research. And if you think something's just crazy enough to be real, ask a friend. And if they look at you like you're fucking nuts, maybe don't follow that lead. (laughs) Or write us at the podcast and we can give you our two cents. Mm, Indeed. Three people are dead and hundreds more have been injured after a storm ripped through Egypt. Three people are dead, hundreds more injured after an incident of weather roused hordes of venomous scorpions out of their hiding places and into the streets and homes of people living in Egypt. 
vicious rain, dust storms, and snow in the southern city of Oswan last week drove out scorpions as well as snakes into the streets where hundreds upon hundreds people of people have been besieged. Move over, goblins. It's time for scorpions. That's, oh, that'd be terrible. Yeah. Those people who have been injured by countless stings have been treated with anti-venom from hospitals as well as medical centers that are located in more remote areas, according to health officials. In the meantime, residents have been asked to stay inside their homes and also limit traffic for a time. They've closed all local highways to prevent accidents due to limited mobility in the rain and outlets. Scorpion stings can be lethal. Like I said earlier, three people have died. The Egyptian fat-tailed scorpion, a species found throughout northern Africa in particular, has been described as one of the most deadly stings in the world, according to the St. Louis Zoo. So holy shit, I'm calling it now. This is phase one of a mummy plague. <laughs> Don't worry, Brandon Fraser will show up, man, save the day, or maybe The Rock will be there to destroy the day. Shitty CGI. Ooh, maybe. <gasps> because he plays a scorpion <laughs> king. Indeed. Everything goes to the top. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> As these shows often do, one of our news stories ended up being the crux of an entire episode. So from here on out, folks, everything we talk about is going to relate to UFOs. Now, I'm not sure, listeners, if you recall, we talked about it a little bit back in March. But back in March of this year... A UFO was spotted in the skies of Wichita, Kansas, where we all live here, uh, with the exception of Preston, you live a few miles outside of town, in Hoosel. It made headlines across Wichita and parts of Kansas. The video that one guy took when he was on his lunch break actually went viral, and headlines across the U.S. were reading about how an unexplainable flying object was videotaped in Wichita, Kansas. Well, when it happened, of course, local news talked about it a little bit, and then it all kind of fizzled down. Well, in local news recently, or I should say in news across the U.S. recently, the History Channel show The Proof is Out There did a four-minute segment about the UFO. This thing got viral enough that they had their experts take a look at the footage and then did a nice little ditty about what exactly they think it could have been. Now, they said, as they were filming, meaning the gentleman who filmed this during his lunch break, as they were filming, they passed several street signs, so that allows you to narrow down exactly where they were. One theory is it could have been NASA's Super Guppy, which admittedly is a very strange-looking airplane that flies in and out of McConnell Air Force Base quite often. But unfortunately, some of the experts didn't think that's what it could have been. Now, here in Wichita, it's called ICT, because of how much intercontinental travel comes through this state, especially the city. Middle America. Now we have McConnell Air Force. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We have McConnell Air Force Base, which is one of the top Air Force bases in the U.S. We also have the, what's it called now? Dwight D. Eisenhower uh, Dwight Airport? Schrute Eisenhower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dwight, yeah, Dwight D. Eisenhower. It used to be called. What did he used to be called? Yeah. Uh I don't know. Uh, nobody gives a shit. Uh, <laughs> 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 anyway, we get a lot of air traffic in here. We see a lot of planes. I live kind of under a direct route into Wichita from a lot of returning flights, so I see a lot of aircraft flying over the house. But when experts looked at the flight radar data from that specific day, the Super Guppy was several hundred miles away from the southwest, as well as any other aircraft at that time. Yeah. Now, originally, I think we debunked it on the show after reading several tweets about a lot of folks thinking it was nothing more than a biplane carrying an Arby's advertisement banner behind it. But again, that was supposedly debunked by the History Channel, saying there isn't anything in that vicinity that's showing up on flight data. Whatever aircraft it is, it's not operating with a transponder, so it's not going to be civilian aircraft, and it's not going to be commercial aircraft as well. So after the investigation and their quote-unquote experts, the History Channel came up with a final conclusion. So what do we think? The guppy? A banner? 
a top-secret aircraft, or none of the above. Without more evidence, we're going to call this a genuine UFO. Which, you know, in its core is just an unidentified flying object. But, again, what's going to add to the mystery here is the video appears to be legit. Multiple people saw it and reported it. And I think the real smoking gun here is aircraft control and radar data shows that there wouldn't have been anything in that area at that time. Yeah, that's correct. Now, do you guys remember that? Do you have anything to you know yeah, weigh in on I that? I remember that. Mm-hmm. That was wild. I, I mean, um, yeah, it's it's definitely weird. You know, I, you got the. Um, I I remember when I when I seen it on the Twitter thing. I was like, could it possibly be like the doomsday plane thing? Oh yeah, yeah, but sure. It, it turns out it's not because that thing doesn't look anything like that. But that has, but that thing has <laughs> been over at Wichita before. So, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Well, you know, they uh, brought up in the article that uh, you know there was no commercial flights, or like when you just look at the flight logs, like um, like a, a biplane carrying a Arby's banner. There's nothing on like mm-hmm. the uh, you know personal flight logs um, or commercial flight logs that would be anything. But what most people don't realize is that uh, having McConnell Air Force Base here. And then um, a lot of, like, Spirit, Cessna, Beechcraft, like, all those major aircraft companies. That's uh, Mm -hmm. why Wichita has the nickname of the aircraft capital of the world. Um, The Department of Defense actually has a contract with Spirit. And uh, we have a lot of experimental aircrafts going in and out of that place that technically nobody knows anything about. Just that they have a Department of Defense contract. And, um, you know, with everything coming out in the last five years, six years about how, you you know, the Pentagon would say, like, you know, 90 percent of UFOs are going to be like government contract type of things where they go into these Uh companies and say, hey, build us this, build us that. Um, You have private companies like, you know, SpaceX or, uh, you know, Jeff Bezos with the penis rocket. Yeah, Um, Bigelow and all that, yeah. Yeah, that uh, most of it's just shit that we didn't even know that these companies had the ability to make. Like, holy crap, guys, we need to give you a contract. And Mm. then, uh, you know, some of it's Uh uh, the Chinese and some of it's the Russian, but 5% of it. So you think about 5% of all the UFO sightings in the last 20 30, 40 years, 5% mm-hmm. of it's actual UFOs. Like, it's not ours. It's not the Russians. It's not the Chinese. Um, there's no other country that could match any of the, you know, the big players there. So it's not anybody mm-hmm. else's. 5% of it are actual UFOs. So for them to go in and do the research and say, hey, this is not a personal flight. This is not a commercial flight. That leaves you two possibilities. One, it's something, Department of Defense, that somebody was testing out that day. Or, mm-hmm. two, it was an actual real-life fucking UFO. Um, I'm Mulder. I want to believe. <laughs> well said. Well, I mean, if you have 100 sightings, 5% of 100 is still 5. That's yeah. still 5 aircraft or, you know, anomalies that we couldn't simply explain, which is still exciting. You know, that's 5 chances it could be, you know, E.T. or something like yeah. that. So who knows? And they, you know what? They even came out and said that uh, uh, was it the last year or two years ago? Um, they, you know, after the big reveal that the Pentagon did, where they're like, yeah, you know, Bigelow's got the, the, you know, the the warehouse in New York, and it's uh, you know giving off radiation because uh, we gave him some alien craft. Well, they came out on another article and said, yeah, we actually have like uh, you know like a master chief doom buggy. Um, you know, it's not ours. Uh, we can't tell you where we found it, but uh, it's alien, um, and it's a vehicle, and uh, we have it. So it's like, oh shit! Like, nice. I want, I, I want to know more about that. Yeah, yeah, that was an exciting time. Whenever you have people saying, "Yeah, we, uh, we recovered some sort of vehicle, and it's not from this world." But speaking of sightings, Steve, you had a pretty exciting uh, moment of your own recently yeah, like, when you uh, sent us a video you did. Yeah, I, I have this video, a short little video. Maybe I can send it to Sean. He could put it on the uh, Instagram. 
I'm sure. Yeah, I've got it. Uh, I've got it on Messenger. Okay, cool. So I'll do a little screenshot. No, you. Should. Or hell, I can even put it up yeah, on the you, Facebook itself. Yeah. yeah, dude. Take a screenshot and put it up. Yeah, I can. I can post that to uh, Facebook and have people weigh in. Cool. What's interesting about your video is it's short, albeit, but your uh, aerial anomaly, your UAP. Um, it's a vertical column versus a disc. It's almost like a disc yeah. turned upright. And and you know like when I was driving, I was driving to I was driving uh, eastbound. Yeah, eastbound on Kellogg, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's in the middle of the morning, so it's really I don't you know it's very dangerous to film. But I was like, that looks so weird because there wasn't like I'm I'm not gonna pretend like I know anything about science and speed and why. There's trails behind a fucking aircraft. <laughs> We're not scientists. Yeah, there's none of there was none of that. I was like, that's so weird. And then I thought, well, maybe it's like, I don't know. I again, I don't know anything about space and space stations and satellites. And I was like, maybe it's one of them. And then <laughs> and I was like, but no, that that's just too big to be that close. And then and then I thought, um, I thought, well, I mean, I don't know. It just looks weird. So I took out my phone and, and recorded it. And it is short because you know, like I said. In, I was like getting yeah. on to Kellogg and, and it's busy in traffic in the morning. I want to be as safe as I can. And, uh, but it's yeah, definitely, sure, it's definitely a cool thing, a cool thing to see. And I didn't see anybody yeah, else and- talk about it. I go, I uh, did Twitter searches for UFO, um, uh-huh. like uh, local, you know, how you can do the look at the local Twitter thing. Uh, and there was nothing yeah. on there about it. So I don't know. That's wild. And of course, I ask you, you know, the usual question. It was not a reflection of light in your windshield or anything like yeah, that, nope, right? Nope, was not. That, yeah. That's the first thing I thought, Strange. too. I was like, what is that? And then, nope. Yeah. And I slowed the video down, you know, the best I can with my thumb scrubbing the buffer. Uh, that sounds like a euphemism. I was just, uh, you know, in my bedroom scrubbing the buffer. But it definitely disappears behind one of those light posts. So it, that's what rules it out for me of not being, you know, a reflection on your windshield. Like I yeah. kind of thought it might be, but yeah, that's, and that's the thing that was weird too, is because I didn't know when it disappeared, but I know that like when I went down uh, to stop the video, I, you know, you look down real quick to hit the, hit the stop button. And then, uh, mm-hmm. um, then it, you know, then I put the phone down and when I looked back up, it was gone. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah, that is peculiar for sure, dude. I don't know. I remember you got pretty excited about it, which I, <laughs> I would do. You know it. Yeah, it was it I was wild do. too. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's it's one of them things like that stuff never happens to me, so it was kind of weird yeah. when it happened. Shayla and I saw something um, pretty near our house, an intersection where we live next to. We were driving one night right after a storm had cleared, and the clouds are starting to part, and you can kind of see you know the blue sky behind the the yellow clouds, and we saw what I would describe as almost like a cylinder kind of the shape of a test tube, and inside of that cylinder, there were four or five individual balls of light, and this thing was just flying horizontally across the sky, and we saw it, it appeared from behind one set of clouds, went across the break in the storm where you could see the blue sky behind it, and then disappeared behind another big chunk of clouds. And I remember a few other people told me they had saw something strange, you know, that lived in that area as well, but again, never hit the headlines or the news or anything like that, so. Yeah. Well, something interesting about that History Channel video was also the fact that they mentioned there was a world-famous... UFO supposed landing that happened in Kansas. I had never heard of it, let alone the town of Delphos, Kansas. Are either of you familiar with that, the UFO landing in Delphos? Mm-mm. Nope. Where's Delphos at? Uh, I don't know. I'll I'll kind of read the article if you want to maybe yeah, look. It. Hell yeah, fact checker back in the back seat again. It's it is uh, past. Past Salina, quite a bit. It's almost up north. It's almost yeah. It's I don't. It's huh. past uh, Minneapolis. I didn't even know we had a Minneapolis, Kansas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah there's Minneapolis in a, in a uh, Rome as well. I think in a Paris. Yeah, like a one one thirty five past Salina. Just keep going all the way up, and then you'll see a sign. It'll say it'll say Delphos, but it's a really small town. I wonder if it's worth making a trip up there. Probably not. It's an hour and forty five minutes from here. Okay. 
Fair enough. I don't know. That's too far. It ain't um, too far. It is for me, baby, unless you want to drive because you know I will be asleep. Well, oddly enough, this story, we're coming up on the 50th anniversary of when this happened. This is from openminds.tv. One of the most mysterious and well-documented UFO landings took place on a farm near Delphos, Kansas, on November 2, 1971. Physical evidence was recorded and preserved for analysis by the Aerial Phenomenon Research Organization, a.k.a. APRO, A-P-R-O. The case not only left the farm residents scratching their heads, but also left UFO researchers, police, and members of the media dumbfounded by the events. According to APRO, and several reports written of head UFO physical trace investigator Ted Phillips, the incident began around 7 p.m. when a 16-year-old boy named Ronnie Johnson was tending to his sheep with his dog. Ronnie's mom yelled out the door to her son to come inside for dinner. Ronnie's mom. And Ronnie replied, got it going on. <laughs> Right. Well, he hollered back that he'll be in soon and stayed out there. Right around this time, Ronnie heard a rumbling noise above his head and looked up to see an extremely bright object about 75 feet away. The light was so intense that he had trouble making out the texture of the object, but he could tell that it was a short stemmed mushroom shape almost like a muffin. <laughs> the entire object was illuminated and appeared to be of mass multicolored lights. Ronnie estimated the object to be 9 feet wide by 10 feet tall. It hovered a couple of feet above the ground, with the bottom of the object appearing to illuminate the brightest. Ronnie described the sound as similar to that of a washing machine. Ronnie remembers his dog staying perfectly still and not making a single sound, while the sheep were all disturbed and bellowing. The animals had lasting effects. For weeks after the incident, the sheep would jump out of their pens. Ronnie's dog was also afraid of being outside at night and would scratch the door frantically for several days following the event. After watching the object for about five minutes, Ronnie says the light below the object intensified and it slowly began to lift up. The light was so bright it began to hurt his eyes. Ronnie's eyes were irritated for some time following the sighting. The object quickly flew over a nearby shed, avoiding a collision by only a few feet, and then the rumbling sound changed to a high-pitched jet noise, and the object flew off. Now at this point, Ronnie completely lost his vision, but could still hear the object moving into the distance. After a few minutes, his vision came back, and he could see the light now high up in the sky. He heard his mother call him again, and he ran into the house to get his parents. At first, they didn't believe his story, but eventually, they went out to take a look, and once outside, they saw a bright light in the sky that was about half the size of the moon, which continued to get smaller and smaller as it moved out of view. Now, APRO investigator Clancy Toll, a lawyer from Kansas City, Missouri, questioned the family and found it to be interesting, especially during the time spans noted by the witness Ronnie. Miss Johnson said that after she had called Ronnie to come in for dinner the first time, she and her husband had leisurely finished their meal before calling him again. <laughs> Fuck you, little prick. You can eat it cold. <laughs> 30 minutes later, Ronnie could not account for the 30 minutes because to him, it seemed like only about five. Time. Only five minutes had passed. Exactly. After the object had left, Ronnie and his parents went to examine the area over which the object had been hovering. They found a glowing ring on the ground and glowing areas nearby the trees. Mr. and Miss Johnson touched the glowing ground and felt numbness in their radiation, fingers. radiation, stupid fuck. Eh, well, you know, such as the 70s. Miss <laughs> yeah. Johnson tried to wipe the dirt off her fingers onto her leg, which then also felt numb. The numbness in her fingers lasted for several days. Miss Johnson said that the ground felt cool even while it glowed, and she also described the ground as slick and crusty. After touching the ground, Miss Johnson ran inside to get her camera. She took a picture of the glowing ground. And Mr. Johnson called the local newspaper, the Delphos Republican. <laughs> The very next day, Mr. Johnson and Ronnie went to talk to the Delphus Republican. They told their story and showed the picture to the reporter. 
Still skeptical, with a piqued curiosity, the reporter decided to visit her, the farm. Her husband and son-in-law were also curious, so they accompanied her too. The ring on the ground impressed Smith. She said, Upon arriving to the scene, I knew instantly that something had left evidence behind. There had been recent rains, and she noted the ring area was dry even through the ground in the middle, and the ground on the outside of the ring was muddy. She also observed branches that appeared to have been broken by the object and a tree she believed was crushed from the takeoff or landing. Now, we'll include pictures here because there are photographs of the supposed landing site. Back in the office, she called the local weather and radar to find out what they had observed and if any unknown objects had been in the sky or been reported, but unfortunately, the weather radar had not been turned on that night. Smith then called a local radio station to inform them of the incident. And finally, she called the Ottawa County Sheriff, a Mr. Ralph Enlow, who began the official investigation. This report is way longer than we anticipated. I'm not going to read the rest of it because it'd be like another 20 minutes of me babbling on here. But essentially, yeah, I'd never heard of this sighting before. Yeah, we need to, we need to do this because at the very end it says 39 years later, the Delphos landing is still controversial. It says a lot of the local press and police believe that the incident at the Johnson's farm was not a hoax. Delphos remains one of the most interesting alleged UFO landing cases. So this is like a landing, you know, not a sighting. Mm-hmm. So, oh, interesting. Yeah, good point. Good yeah, point. I think this would be cool. I wonder if they have, like, kitschy shit down there for this. <laughs> Maybe so. But again, I mean, summarizing what kind of you just said, they go on to talk about how they got the sheriff involved from Ottawa County. They went through and did an investigation. They thought it was a hoax, but little by little, they go on to prove it was no hoax. No matter how they tried, nobody came forward, and whatever happened couldn't be duplicated. Well, as it seems as though there's so many recent UFO videos as of the last few years, continuing to rise, especially since um, since June, when they began talking about that Tic Tac video. That was back in 2004. The U.S. government has finally dedicated a brand new department to keep a better eye on the sky. Now, what I appreciate about APRO is it's short, sweet, and you can say it. APRO. APRO. Well, as you know, the U.S. Pentagon is serious about something when it opens up a new department, and even more serious when they actually announce to the public instead of keeping things a secret. Well, folks, if you're wondering whether or not the Pentagon is serious about unidentified flying objects or UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, you can wonder no more. Put that worry to bed because the Pentagon has announced the Airborne Object Identification and Management Synchronization Group, also known as AOMSG, or A-O-I-M-S-G, to look at reports of UAPs near U.S. military facilities and operations. You know, they probably could have found a much better acronym or a better word to use. <laughs> The AOIMSG will synchronize efforts across the department and the broader U.S. government to detect, identify, and attribute objects of interest in special use airspace and to assess and mitigate any associated threats of safety of flight and national security. The Deputy Secretary of Defense Kathleen Hicks began working with the Director of the National Intelligence in June of 2021, which they authorized a new group to address the national security risk from many UAP encounters with the U.S. military personnel and the public since becoming aware of many of these sightings from 2019 with the release of the infamous Tic Tac video. As more encounters have been made public, the Pentagon can no longer ignore the demand from the public for full disclosure. To provide oversight of the AOIMSG, the Department Secretary has also directed the USDINS to lead the Airborne Object Identification and Management Executive Council, the AI, <laughs> also known as the AOIMEXEC, to be comprised of DOD and intelligence communities membership, and to offer a venue for U.S. government interagency representation. Oof. 
So I don't know, boys. It seems like while they can't get a better acronym, maybe we're finally going to get some better answers as to what the hell is flying around, at least above our airports. We got it, man. Space Force. Space Force. Fuck yeah. They gotta know what they're up against. Hell yeah, dude. I think what we're seeing right here, folks, is the birth of a real-life X-Files. Well, Steve, the next story could possibly answer what it is that you yourself saw flying around over Wichita. Elon Musk? (laughs) It could be, right? What if I told you, boys and listeners that you were about to be able to go out and purchase your very own one-person electric flying saucer. Well, here's the deal. Remember when they uh, had them things uh, that fad for maybe like a whole two weeks called hoverboards? Yeah. That would be that type of situation, I think. They would call it a UFO flying saucer, and it would have wheels. <laughs> maybe, but no. I think it's fair to thank that, Steve-O, but I don't think you're correct in this instance. Hmm. Now, we know that people can pick up, you know, their own biplanes, oops, their own biplanes, large quadcopter drones, and some other, you know, random flying crap. Well, a company in Tacoma, Washington, has unveiled a design for a one-person aerial vehicle that can only be described as an electric flying saucer. The full-scale prototype is ready for free flight and can travel at 160 miles an hour. The Zero, Z-E-R-O, is a personal flying machine that transitions from hover mode to forward flight mode and cruises comfortably at 160 miles an hour. The Zero is a new class of aircraft that blends the best features of multi-copter with the streamlined wing body for improved range and efficiency. So the Ziva Zero can best be described as a combination electric vertical takeoff and landing vehicle and a flying saucer. There are videos. You should check them out. They're pretty interesting, although they are computer animated. But imagine a flying saucer (laughs) balanced vertically. Hmm? Look at that thing. Silly. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But basically imagine a flying saucer, but currently being balanced vertically on its edge as it's mounted on a dock. All you have to do is walk through a port, step inside, seal it off, and then boom, presto changeo, you take off, my friend. Standing vertically, the vertical disc would then basically depart the docking station, you'd hover out a few inches, and then you would turn the craft on its belly, and you would essentially fly through the air like Superman on your stomach, enclosed by a disc-shaped craft. That's crazy. Once it's clear of the building, it rotates horizontally with the pilot lying on their stomach and peering forward, up and down, out the window. Ziva actually sees these one-person EVTOLs as primary, as primarily for the military, for law enforcement, first responders, and search and rescue projects requiring quick entry and takeoff, personal air travel, pizza deliveries, and other commercial applications will undoubtedly come later, especially when the range can exceed that of the current 50-mile-an-hour limit. I guess right now you can't fly faster than 50 miles an hour in a personal uh, craft. Interesting. Huh. The new Atlas measures the carbon fiber disc body at 8 feet long with a diameter, and it weighs about 700 pounds with a maximum of 900 pounds with a 200-pound passenger. Damn. So basically, if you weigh more than 200 pounds, I'm sorry about your bad luck. Wait till the XL version. (laughs) XL version. (laughs) Oh, interesting, interesting, interesting. So, Steve, what you could have simply seen was his craft just taking off before it flipped over on its belly and flew through the sky. I found on their website this interesting, this is their timeline, 2020, it bursts onto the world stage. 2025, air taxi service begins. 2030, it's ubiquitous. Urban air mobility spreads to cities around the world. 2035, personal 
e-votes veto ownership and 2040 <laughs> everybody will have it it'll be the norm 2040 that's 19 years i'd be in my 50s that gives me plenty of time to drop about 200 200 <laughs> pounds about 20 pounds <laughs> hell yeah boys cool though Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a pretty cool idea, and I mean, only a matter of time. Like they said, shit, less than 20 years from now, we're going to be flying to conventions in style. <laughs> no shit. Or crashing into each other. Some fifth element shit. Presto, to round things out, as I was researching this strange you know, UFO sighting in Delphos, you came oh. across something else pretty interesting in our neighboring state of Colorado. This was from November 27th, so just a couple days ago. And uh, it's the same article, like, on 10 different websites, so it's like it's copied and pasted. Um, it's titled, U.S. Task Force Sent to UFO Debris Site 4,000 Years Old in the Grand Canyon. That makes huh. this one one of the oldest possible UFO debris sites in the world. Uh, <laughs> right? Let's not forget the Baltic Sea underwater craft uh, that looks like the Millennium Falcon. And there's a few others. The Grand Canyon UFO resting, you know, makes this one more intriguing. Uh, it almost turned to a pile of uh, mangled wreckage of what looks like iron or whatever you can make it out to be. The actual shape of its inner frames are still intact, but anything else that was there is long gone. Uh, it's definitely not a natural piece of earth just by looking at the surrounding area because nothing fits. And uh, this, this argument was looked at before. The fact that it's, you know, looks like it's made out of iron and, you know, the other rocks in the area look like biscuits. You know, some speculated it was just like ancient lava flow and, you know, it pushed up these weird, you know, shit to the surface. Secret U.S. military task force uh, with experts in ufology examined it in 2017. One comment on this stated, uh, Very interesting. Could this be related to the Grand Canyon caves with the Egyptian-like artifacts? I am told there are actually five with three known and two others by native leaders of the Hopi. I'm not saying it's a UFO site. I'm not saying that it isn't. Uh, but as we can see from the evidence right here, it's definitely something. Um, and it's something that shouldn't exist because uh, it's over 4,000 years old. There should be absolutely nothing made of metal like this from that time period. People who lived in the area 4,000 years ago were primitive people. And uh, with more primitive tools, so this kind of metallic craft definitely is out of place. Another quote from one of the scientists was, Several months ago, a specialized team of experts were apparently hired to examine debris found at the Grand Canyon. When they arrived at the scene, they were said to have discovered the body of a UFO that had rested there for over 4,000 years. Now, uh, there's a video floating around on the Internet, which I'm going to play here in just a second. And uh, (laughs) it's going to do a much better job of putting it all together than that shitty article that every other lazy site put together but i'm going to rant for a second so this video is from ufo mania the truth is out there they have four hundred and twenty-eight thousand subscribers now as you're listening to this video ask yourself how the fuck do they get that many listeners off this type of content and we only have 121 subscribers like it it just blows my mind (laughs) i was waiting for it like where is it going to come in at (laughs) yeah yeah all right hold on this is how this is how you know this shit's legit hold on hold on over the last few months i have stumbled upon several articles relating to a possible grand canyon ufo crash site (laughs) okay 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 now at this point preston goes on to play the audio from a three minute long youtube video which I do believe would get us in trouble for copyright infringement. So let me summarize what the crappy audio says. Essentially, there's a potential UFO crash site in the Grand Canyon. Supposedly, there was a secret task force comprised of military investigators that were sent to the wreckage to inspect the remains of a potential crash of an otherworldly craft near an area called Comanche Point. The top secret team of investigators indeed found a crashed ship that is made of a metallic substance that is unknown to be found on Earth. And the wreckage was quickly cleaned up, 
and hauled away to a secret facility. Carbon dating supposedly proves the craft could be as old as 4,000 years, dating the crash to be right around the time of 2000 BC. The interior of the craft is said to be potentially the size big enough to house 20 beings close to 4 feet tall, and evidence of oxygen tanks and survival supplies were said to have been found inside the craft, which is around 100 feet long by 50 feet wide. There was a cave found nearby, too, that has strange paintings of humans alongside other beings with large bulbous heads. There, I think I saved us about two minutes. Hold on, you have you have four hundred and twenty eight thousand subscribers, and you fucking come at us with that bullshit with a like a little like talk to text voice. I know, like dude. Siri. But bro, that's yeah. that's the popular. Th- Sorry, the government can't know what my voice sounds like, so I'm just gonna talk to text and let the computer speak for me. I don't think it's that at all, man. That's that's what they do now. Every single like kitchen yeah. video on TikTok or Reels or Instagram, Ugh. they do that. They do. Yeah. <laughs> Show me what you're doing today. That's like, so annoying. <laughs> I can't. Speaking of it. the government not knowing what you sound like and other bullshit, I'm gonna have to paraphrase all that because I'm pretty sure if I play that whole video in the audio, it's copyright. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. Well. <laughs> Probably, pal. That's why I said, okay, Preston, listen to that and write it up. Yeah, I was no, going to. I like, don't think so. Yeah. Just give, just give well, it. It's a fucking voice, voice of text know, thing. man. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what I decide between now and tomorrow. Okay. Maybe it's just me going, okay, guys, now today we're going to talk about the UFO. Oh, yeah, dude. There you go. Now, supposedly, Presto, what you were talking about a second ago with those Egyptian... Um, Caves underneath <laughs> the Grand Canyon. Yeah, supposedly there are some Egyptian caves that supposedly they go on to be about 500 feet. There are several cross tunnels that they've come across. There are hieroglyphs. There are chambers that have different shrines and stuff inside of them. And, and, and if this because, website's correct, the airspace above it is restricted. Yeah, and because your memory shit, uh, when we talked about... Uh, Giants um, in like episode 20 when Rob was on, we already covered all the giants in the Grand Canyon Caves and addition artifacts and all that. Well, you're not wrong, but that was like five years ago. Yeah, I know. <laughs> on this website, that's one of the first photos is a giant skeleton underneath a small man. Well, boys, I think we did this one justice, and it's time to hit it and quit it. What do you say? For sure. Cool. All right. UFOs. bedtime. Still weird. Still strange. Yeah, it's past my bedtime. All right. Well, I'm not a pussy, but yeah, I should probably go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Steve, what would you like to plug, sir? Has it been long enough where you forgot? Uh, I think (laughs) check us out on Facebook, Pixelated Paranormal Podcast, Instagram, PXL. Paranormal, right? PXL Paranormal. There you go. And uh, yeah, yeah. get at me on Xbox, Big Steven. He's replaced the threes. Been playing a lot of Halo. It's fun. Oh, yeah. Good game to play with everybody. Yeah, on Instagram as well. If you're going to give us a follow, why not follow me as well? Check out some of the fun stuff I do. My handle is at Sean Swope, S-H-A-W-N-S-W-O-P-E. Check out lots of the fun artwork I've been doing. Preston, what do you got for us, buddy? And as always, if you need a beard, if you want a beard, if you want to grow the best beard, hell, if you want to have a throw like a party and have all your buddies over and then, uh, you, you know, you hold up an EVP little handheld recording device to your beard and when you play it backwards, you hear the sounds of Satan to accomplish your own conspiracy theory, go over to BigDobsBeardBomb.com and use promo code PXLPARA, uh, 20% off your order. Lather your beard up with Dobbs Bomb, like uh, Sweet Tobacco Bay Rum Fresh Citrus Mint Classic. I mean, you'll have the voice of something coming out of there. Maybe an angel, maybe a devil. We don't know. <laughs> nice. Exactly. And speaking of angels, please... If you're in the Wichita area, stop by CD Trade Post 
at Pawnee and Seneca and see our true angel of a friend, Leslie. And the rest of the gang, stop and say hi. Tell them that we sent you in there. I don't know if it gets you a damn thing, but it's nice. All right. Until next time, Steve, I'd like to say welcome back, buddy. For sure. Good to have you back. And cheers to the weird shit in the world and to those of us that love to talk about it. Keep your eyes to the sky. And stay spooky and stay on the paranormal highway. The cast that Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.